Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is marked for sensitive content. Check content warnings before listening. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. We got married two weeks after I graduated high school. I knew that I didn't want to do it, but I, I still felt like I had to. My mom didn't really see any issues with me getting married so young. She could tell that something was off. Things kind of started going wrong. I, I got up and I knew that this is the day I'm going to leave. What could have happened to these high school sweethearts that would have made her want to pack up and leave all of a sudden one day. That is the story we are looking into and we're covering a lot of serious topics so definitely check out those content warnings in the episode description. Hey, what's up? It's Abby. If you're new here, thanks so much for joining. If there's a certain part of the interview you want to jump to, I always put the timestamps in the episode description and if you're not new here or if you're just already in love with the podcast, we always appreciate you leaving five stars on whatever platform you're listening to. If there's a couple you want me to look into or if you want to come on and tell your own breakup story, the submission form to come on the podcast or have me look into a couple is in the episode description as well. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey, what's up? It's Abby. And coworker Justin. See, I got it this time. Love the authority on yep. this one. Yep. We're back with another submission. This one is interesting because we've had a couple of divorce stories before, but never quite as young as this. So this mm-hmm. is about a relationship where they got married right after high school. After high school. Okay. Right after high yeah. school. So let me tell you this. There's this girl that I went to high school with and she got engaged to this guy our senior year. And after that, she went totally MIA. They got married and everything seemed fine from what I could tell, at least from a social media standpoint. It looked like a pretty normal marriage, even though they were crazy young. So one day I was in one of those moods where I was like, I wonder what this girl's up to. And then all of a sudden, everything was wiped from her social media. Mm. It's like their marriage never existed. Kind of forgot about it until I brought it up to someone we went to school with. And they said that they'd heard that one day she just went up and left him. Obviously, we're super curious (laughs) because they got married so young and were married for a long time, actually. So it had to have been something big. So if you find out, let us know. Here's a really hard horrible analogy on that whole thing. Bring it. You know how when you want a tattoo and your parents are like, think about when you were seven and you were obsessed with Pokemon or something like that. And you wanted a Pokemon tattoo. Mm -hmm. And now you're older, you would hate that you had that. It's kind of the same thing with like getting married right out of high school. Like, do you even know who you are right out of high school? I think for some people that's true. But I look at the guys that I was into at 16 and 17 and I would still be with them like if I wanted to. But I've always had good taste in men. Like that's my, like that's the one thing yeah. I pride myself on. Here's the thing is like, I don't know, like when I was younger, I was into the same type of person I'm into now, yeah. but I wasn't, I guess, like confident in it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, where it was more like I would let somebody like trick me into being in a relationship with them. <laughs> but like, if someone was like, you want to date? I'd be like, okay, because like, I'm not going to say no. Like, that's so mean. I love that because that's always what I say about the person I'll eventually end up with is that I have to trick them into loving me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got to just do enough smoke and mirrors 
there was a few times in high school that I dated girls that I wasn't even remotely into, but they like, you know, asked me to go on a date. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't say no because I'm too nice of a person to do that. I don't know. I feel like for maybe not a majority, but a good amount of people might you might not know who you are in high school. And I look back at my high school self and I'm like ashamed. <laughs> so, so well, I mean, I think that's a fair point to make because do you remember that TikTok trend that was going around where it's like my husband said if we were in high school, we would have dated. And yeah. it's always like they show like an emo girl and then like the captain of the football well, team. That's like, the no. same thing. Nicole and I talk about that all the time. Nicole's like, if I actually knew you while you were in college, we would not have dated. Like there is no chance. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because really? I was a horrible person in college. <laughs> like I just was, you know, I was I was college lifestyle where she was more like college athlete. So she was more like locked in and on a schedule and competing in golf tournaments where I was drinking on Tuesday and Wednesday <laughs> nights, you know, like we were just very different, you know, lifestyles at that point. So, you know, that could be the other side of it is they got married and then they went to their colleges. If it wasn't together, you change a lot in college too. Mm. So, well, I just couldn't imagine being married in college because that's like yeah. the one time, I mean, because I grew up super, super sheltered. Mm-hmm. And so then when I went to college and I was at these parties You're like, oh with my alcohol <laughs> and there were guys who like wanted to talk to me, yeah. it's like a whole other world. So I can't, I can't relate to the experience of going to college and being like settled down with someone. Like people go into college with boyfriends and people are like, oh, well, that's I not going to last. I went to, I went, and again, ours was long distance. Like I, I came from Pennsylvania down to Florida to go to college. And my girlfriend at the time, she was a year younger. So she was still in high school. It didn't make it past Thanksgiving. Because, they never do. They never do. Because she was like convinced because I'm going to all these parties all the time. She was convinced I was cheating on her. And I'm like, I promise you I'm not. I'm just getting really <laughs> drunk. I don't know what you want from me, you know? Uh. But like, but then, you know, I'd imagine in any and most long distance relationships like that, you your mind starts to think like, what are they doing? They're not responding to my phone calls. And then you do call and all you hear is like screaming and yelling in the background. It's like, what's happening? And a, and a high schooler wouldn't understand that because they haven't been to college yet. It's a big transition to make. And so it sounds like they made it through college. So I will be interested to find out like, what was it after college that made her want to get up and leave? If I had to guess, it's going to be something to do career-wise. Mm. Because right out of college, being free enough to not like have to worry about someone else that you can pursue whatever career you're trying to go for. Yeah. Like, you know, like we did radio and, and we had to put in our time just to get in. And at that point in my life, like I was so willing to travel. Like if I had to go to Denver, Colorado, if I had to go to Wyoming mm-hmm. to get into the radio industry, I was going. Yeah. I didn't have anything holding me down at that point. So that would create a bit of a rift mm-hmm. if I'm tracing a radio dream and my wife, who I've been married to for at least four years, is not wanting to leave because of her position. Mm-hmm. So that would be a that could be a problem. I'm also going to be interested to find out why they got married so young because mm-hmm. I knew a kids? girl. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. It didn't mention kids in this in this, but I mean that's totally fair too. Yeah. But I mean I knew a girl who got engaged four months after high school graduation and then got married. But they like got the high school thing out of the way. Mm-hmm. The engaged in high school thing to me is pretty wild. Yeah, there's like I see those videos of like high school football players getting engaged on like the football field <laughs> after their <laughs> their game, and I'm just like, oh no, don't do that. Yeah. You're gonna regret that. Instead of a promposal, she gets actual proposal. Yeah. So. Well, maybe it's maybe it's both. All right, well, let's figure time. out what happened and let's break down this week's breakup. Walk me through this relationship with your ex-husband. How did you meet him? Talk to me a little bit about the relationship and then where did it all go wrong? Okay, so we met uh, in physics class in high school. I was a junior and he was a senior. It was super great at first. It was kind of a love bomby type thing. Looking back on it, I know that now, but at the time I was just like, this is the man of my dreams. He's driving me everywhere. He's taking me to Olive Garden because we grew up in a small town. So we had to go 30 miles away to find an Olive Garden. Well, he so, took me to Olive Garden. That's how that you was know it's fancy, love. fancy. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. So we dated for a few months. He helped me out with some fundraising that I had to do for this trip that I was going to go on. Whenever I actually went on that trip is when things kind of started going wrong. It was to Hawaii. It was for Cheer Hawaii. So I had to fundraise all of it myself. And then once we got there, like the whole trip, he was like guilting me because I was like, oh, I'm having so much fun. And he was like, but not as much fun as you'd be having with me. Right. And I was like, yeah, definitely not. Meanwhile, I'm like having all these new experiences and like meeting all these people. And I'm really having so much fun. At that point, once he said like that, I knew that like I couldn't really tell him that I was having fun. Immediately after that trip, I had to go on another trip for school. And because I mean, I was still in school. I was literally going to go into my senior year. I was in cheerleading. So we had another trip to go to like our normal cheer camp for that year. While we were there, my phone stopped working. Well, it wasn't dead. It was like the service wasn't working because I was on. So you've got this fully working phone and it's just like the reception's a little iffy. So you're like, you know what? Yes. Time time to go from Virgin Mobile to Uh, (laughs) AT&T. So you could say you lost your virginity. <laughs> I did lose my phone virginity. Uh, didn't quite lose my virginity virginity yet, but that happened about a couple months later. Okay. Um, he was starting to pressure me into things that I didn't really want to do. And so you know about Christianity and like how that purity culture really tells you like you shouldn't do really anything beyond maybe kissing depending on the type of Christianity that you yeah. come from. And so like, but my body was telling me like, oh, this is nice. This is cool. He cares about you. And my brain was being like, no, this is bad. This is bad. So I, the first time we did have sex, I didn't really want to. I mean, he, he really kept asking me like, oh, if you love me, just do this one thing for me. Not to like be cliche, but like, oh, just the tip. Oh, you fell for that? <laughs> I fell for that the first time after I cried. Oh, I cried. now I feel bad. No, you make me feel bad for laughing now. <laughs> no, it's hilarious now. This is this is over ten years ago. So um. I'm glad you can laugh at it now because I'm sitting here just feeling so heartbroken for your younger self, going like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that your first yeah. sexual experience was that uh, traumatizing." If I'm <laughs> honestly, it was, and I mean, looking back on it now. I mean, it was pretty coercive, but at the time I I didn't know any better because I grew up in such this purity culture mindset. You're with this one person and you don't have sex until marriage and just everything is about working together that I just, I didn't realize that this was, that it could happen like that. And then after I cried, we went and got snow cones. How better? Because I was still in high school. <laughs> I'm just picturing you like you two are like driving to the snow cone place and it's just like the silence is deafening. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, so, oh my goodness, yes. Did you finish? Yeah. <laughs> my son, Definitely my not. <laughs> then in my brain, because of the culture that I had grown up in and because of how much purity culture I was just brainwashed by, mm-hmm. in my brain, I was like, oh, well, because we had sex, this is like a major sin. This is like the worst sin that I've ever been told about from everybody. In my brain, I was like, okay, I have to marry him because if I marry him, then everything's going to be okay. It was just, you know, an accident. And now we're going to be married and together forever. So it won't really matter once we get married. Mm-hmm. And that was really the worst thing for me was 
was thinking that. And so then we started talking about marriage. Keep in mind, I'm still 17. Then my senior year of high school started. I was in a lot of like extracurricular activities, but slowly, just because they were taking up so much time, he didn't like how much time they were taking up. Mm -hmm. So I was in, you know, cheerleading, show choir, TMSCA, slowly instead of it being, well, if you love me, you'll do this. If you love me, you'll have sex with me. Now it was, well, I mean, I'm not really comfortable with you showing yourself off for everybody. I'm not really comfortable with you wearing these cheerleading uniforms all the time. His circle of control on me just started to tighten. And because I thought, well, I have to marry him. This is my life now. This is what I'm going to do. I quit cheerleading. <laughs> then I quit show choir. And then I quit TMSCA. And eventually I, I quit all my extracurriculars. Oh my goodness for your yeah. last year and that's supposed to be <clears throat> such a year of of celebration because I'm assuming up until that point you did it for most of your high school career if not all of it how was yes, that I, yeah it was heartbreaking for me I I knew that I wasn't doing it because I wanted to I knew that I was doing it because he was telling me to I knew that I didn't want to do it but I, I still felt like I had to because otherwise he was going to break up I had this huge sin that was just hanging over my head at that point so I did it did anybody during that time try and stop you, trying to get you to break up with this guy? Did anybody do anything or were they just reacting to what had already happened? They would like ask me like, are you sure? Is this what you want? And just the whole time I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is what I want. Because in my brain, like that was the only option for me was either I choose this path where I'm a sinner who's had sex and I'm a cheerleader and I do show choir, or I am this godly Christian woman who is with my future husband and I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to submit to him, you know? For the rest of your senior year, you've quit all your activities. He's kind of isolated you from your community and the things that you love. Talk to me about like what life looked like after that. Did he propose? Did you get married? What happened? Yes. So he proposed uh, November of my senior year. At the time, I was like, this is very sweet. His mom helped him prepare it. It was at the place where we had our first date. It's a little ice cream shop. It was very sweet. He like wrote on the wall, like the number of days that we had been together. It was very, very sweet at the time. I want to say, oh, but I already hate this guy. So I'm like, oh, yes. that's so wholesome. But I'm like, screw him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like he had rented out the whole shops that nobody else was there. And I was like, are you sure they're open? And then we like go in and there's like rose petals on the floor and chocolates on all the tables. He he knew how to do the romance. Yeah, I mean, that's how he catch me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he proposes to you. Did you get married in high school after? high school? Uh, it was close. We got married two two weeks after I graduated high school. Whoa. Because everything else was happening, I was just like, I was feeling so much turmoil inside. That's actually when I started cutting. Oh no. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I had all this emotional pain on the inside, but I didn't know like how to deal with it. And so by cutting, it was like a way of releasing that emotion through physical pain for me at that time. And just through that self-harm it at the time I thought it was helping me obviously it wasn't but I didn't I didn't know any better <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear it's that one of those things were you able to get help during that time did anybody notice I I told him and he was like he started treating me nicer he started being nicer to me and I just I I had this one jacket that I just wore all the time so nobody ever knew even when it was 100 degrees out I was wearing that jacket and just sweating that's awful did any part of him treating you better almost reinforce you to continue to do it? It did. Yeah. Because I mean, at that time we, we were going on more dates.
dates. We would go an hour away to go bowling and like go on probably a date every other week or so. Obviously, my family could tell that there was something wrong. We had discussed with them our getting married and all that stuff. They knew like what we were doing, that we were moving towards marriage. We were going to get married, which my mom got married at 19 to my dad. And so, I mean, and their marriage has worked out. My mom didn't really see any issues with me getting married so young. It was just that she could tell that something was off with my personality. Now you're experiencing self-harm. He's starting to treat you nicer. The wedding's coming up. Talk to me about that experience. Now you've graduated high school and you're getting married or you've gotten married. How did that develop your relationship? I thought that getting married would kind of solve everything because that was like the sin that I was trying to absolve. It was good for a little while, but then it just kind of fell back into the same routine of jokes that didn't really feel like jokes, calling me stupid or like saying that something I did was stupid and then being like, (laughs) just kidding. And then we both started going to college. It was a smaller college that you can like stay on campus in apartments if you're married. And so uh, we had one of those apartments. As we transitioned into the married life, it became very what I would call 1950s heteronormative marriage. So we were both in college, both working part-time. And then I was basically also his mom because I was doing all of the laundry, doing all of the cooking, doing all of the cleaning, the meal prep, the grocery shopping. All he had to do was homework and then he would play video games. I was just like kind of miserable, but also I was like, oh, this is what I wanted. So I just need to learn how to play house like a good housewife. Keep in mind, like I'm, I'm 18. <laughs> I didn't know how to do much. Like maybe in 1950, this was normal, but like now it's sort yes. of like you are his housewife at 18 yes. and you're pl- you're being his mommy. Yes. Not okay. And we're both going to the same college. Oh, he's taking three more hours than me, but like that isn't an excuse for me to do everything around the house. He, he still didn't like if I went to hang out with anybody. So I basically didn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually where the letter comes into play because this is from about a year after we got married. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, so this is a letter. You're 19 at this point, writing a letter to your future self. Okay, what does the letter say? Dear future self, today I honestly feel like shit. Not physically, I'm not sick, but emotionally. I didn't get the laundry put up. I didn't get the dishes done and I overate again. My ex makes it even worse. He hates my hair. He calls my thighs fat and he kept yelling at me for not doing his homework. I feel so stupid. He says he's just kidding, but it doesn't feel like it. We have like no food in the house. So everything I make is crappy and he reminds me of it at every meal. I'm not at all happy right now and I feel like giving up. I thought that it would be easier to be married and that he would be nicer to me, but I don't know. There's nothing I can do about the food and I hate myself. I feel so fat. He can't can't understand. He will never understand this. Every time I start to get emotional, he demands I stop crying that very instant and gets mad at me instead of trying to comfort me. And And I started scratching my scalp again until it bleeds, which is something that I had done like as a reflex mechanism when I was stressed. Hope things are better in the future. That really breaks my heart hearing how you felt in that moment. I mean, you can just feel the frustration of you trying to get all that emotion out and just like, I just feel like at that time in your life, you just wanted somebody to see you and to listen to you. And you clearly weren't getting that from your husband, which is awful. I did. Mm -hmm. I I just, I didn't know what to do. (laughs) 
I, I thought this was how it was going to be forever. I felt very alienated from any sort of support structure that I might have had. I kind of found that community kind of online and I started like watching a lot of YouTube and learning more about life outside of the, the very small bubble that I had been raised in because the only time I was really allowed to leave the house was to grow grocery shopping. You said that you, you know, you thought that that's just how it was going to be forever. And, you know, now that you're on this podcast, I'm assuming it wasn't forever. Mm -hmm. So I ended up graduating a year and a half before he did. And I got like a full-time job. He was still in school and he just kind of kept doing what he was doing. So then I had a full-time job while also making all the money. And he was just going to school and then playing video games after. And I, I started to realize that that wasn't fair. (laughs) He, he finally graduated and he got a job. And so I was like, oh, okay, things are going to get better now. He's out of college. We're both adults. We're both going to be double income now. I'm not the only one paying the rent. For a little while, it did get better because he went to work for his dad for a month and he was only back in town on the weekends. So I was by myself the whole week and I realized that I was so much happier when he was not there. (laughs) So at that point, I was like, wait a second. Hmm. It's easier when you're gone. (laughs) I wonder if I could just make my entire life look like this. Hmm. (laughs) Exactly. So then he did get a job in town. He would get home from work, play video games for about two hours or so. And then he would go out to the bar. (laughs) That was the next phase. I thought that there was something wrong with me because I was like, well, he's not wanting to spend time with me. Why is he leaving me to go to the bar every night? And so I ended up, you know, still paying pretty much all of the bills and he would use most of his money to go out to Buffalo Wild Wings every night. Of all places, (laughs) Buffalo Wild Wings. Of all places. (laughs) Classic douche canoe place to go get drinks. Oh my goodness. Buffalo Wild Wings has this uh, challenge where if you eat the spiciest wings, they will give them to you for free. He was able to do that. And so he would just do that, you know, once a week and people would, they like call it out whenever you succeed and stuff. So people would end up buying him beers and like celebrating with him. And so he'd get like free beers and free wings. I gotta say, I gotta applaud him for his commitment. He really, I know he's got that charisma somehow to convince strangers to buy him so many beers. So he kept going out, kept continuing on that path. And then one night he came home and he told me that he kissed somebody else. And Buffalo Wild Wings? No, he had started going to other places after Buffalo Wild Wings because Buffalo Wild Wings closes at two. And Ah. that wasn't long enough to keep the party going. Okay, so he kissed. His wife wouldn't know because I was asleep because I had work the next day. (laughs) I was adulting. (laughs) Yes. And so he told me that he kissed somebody else, but he was like, oh, I regret it. I'm sorry. I forgive you because I didn't know what else to do. I mean, in Christianity, like there's, there's not a way out. That was the other thing in my mind was divorce. If I were to get divorced, I would be the very first person in my family to ever get divorced. And so that to me, just, I didn't consider it an option. Mm -hmm. I was like, we can, we can get through this. You were just kissing her. He he said he didn't have any emotional connection to her. The next week 
he told me that it was actually two different women on two different nights. If you're like me and the second you get home from work, you are ravenous. You are going to love these new meals I've been trying out from Factor. Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that you can make in two minutes with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. It's so convenient. I have like grocery store ADHD. Anytime I go to like Publix or something, I'm buying everything. And then I come home with no meals. Whereas Factor, it's all the meal prep done for you. You've got 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. If you want to get started today and have a feel good week of meals ready to go, head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. At that point, I was scared. I was, I was mad. Is this everything? Because one, one week he told me one woman, the next week he told me it was actually two. What was I going to find out next week? Mm. And so at that point I started to kind of emotionally detach myself from him. I, I didn't really realize that that was what I was doing, but at that point I was like, my brain was like, no, we're, we're done. I can't be faithful to you if you're just going to like do everything and just on top of treating me so horribly, go out and seek affection somewhere else. Yeah. There are literally no pros to this situation for you. <laughs> yes. No pros. I, I kind of started to grow a backbone at that point and started standing up to him more. I, I got a promotion at work and I started to realize like, I'm actually worth something. Who would have thunk it? Because all this time he had just been breaking down my self-esteem to the point where I really did believe that I was nothing without him. And also on, t- on top of all that religious guilt and pressure to stay in the marriage, like I can't even fathom and having yeah. no community too, because I mean, it just feels like your life is go to work, cook this man dinner, which he may or may not eat. He may or may not mm-hmm. insult you. And then repeating that every single day. And so at that point I started to turn to alcohol as well, but I was drinking at home because I was like, we don't have the money for me to go out to. So I'm going to buy a bottle of wine and drink it at home and then go to sleep by myself. There were just so many incidents throughout this time of him just being so stupid. He would drive drunk pretty much every night. One time he lost his glasses downtown. I was, I was over it. I was like, this is, I can't do this anymore. Like you, you need to change if this is going to work. I wrote him like this long letter this one time while he was out and I like pouring my heart into this letter about how I feel like I'm hurting. I feel like you aren't the man I married. I don't remember what all was on it, but he read it whenever he got home that night. And he told me that he, he kind of like mocked me. He like made fun of me like, Oh, are you, Oh, you really feel that bad. Okay. But he said that he would give it a shot. Cause I was like, I want to go to counseling. This is our only chance. We did go to counseling one time. And so like in counseling, I like explained like, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm doing everything in our marriage. I feel like I'm, I'm doing the cooking. I'm doing the cleaning. I'm the only one worried about a budget. And the only thing that he had to say was that I wasn't fun. I, I didn't go out and have fun with him anymore. And we didn't have sex enough. I was like, well, how can I, I didn't say it, but at the time I was just thinking in my head, like, how could I have sex with you when I feel like I'm your mom? Like, I feel like I'm taking care of you all the, what, am, how am I supposed to be attracted to you? I wish you would have said that to him. <laughs> I should have said it to his face. Like, uh, but at the time I, I was barely growing a backbone. <laughs> it might've kicked um, him into shape if he was like, oh, you see me as your son. Let me. <laughs> those were the only two things he had to say. I was like, this, this is not going to work. I know 
this is no longer going to work. I'm going to have to get out of this. And so I asked my cousin, if things went bad, could I go stay with her? At that point, I started going through our stuff and separating it whenever he was out. So I would, you know, I would open a drawer and start dividing our stuff and then hide it in the drawer so that I knew where all my stuff was if if it came to the point where I had to leave. I was still hoping that it wouldn't, but I think I knew that it, it would. I really didn't want to sleep in the same bed with him at that point. I asked him to sleep on the couch. He was drunk and he is a foot taller than me and our bedroom did not have a lock. And so he refused and just came and slept in the bed. So I instead went and slept on the couch. The, ni- the night after that, I blew up the air mattress and I was going to sleep on the floor in the living room. I was already in bed. He woke me up by like opening the door. He flung the door open and just yelled, law, you're up, bitch. That was it. That was that was my breaking point. I can't even imagine like he wakes you up. He's yelling at you to lawyer up. What did the next couple of weeks look like? Did you move out of the house? Did you take all your stuff and run? Did you get a divorce lawyer? That next day after that had happened, I, I was like, this is the day I'm leaving. <laughs> I think it was a Tuesday. I I got up and I knew that like, this is the day I'm going to leave. We had a little bit different lunch schedules because I didn't really want to see him that much anymore. So he would take his lunch a little earlier and I would take mine later and we would barely see each other like right at the, so once he left after lunch, I knew where all my stuff was. So I just took all my stuff and just started throwing it in my car. I went back to work because I was like, what was I, 20, 24? I was 24. And so I was like, I need to go back to work. (laughs) And so my boss like actually told me like, go ahead and leave an hour early today so that you don't have to confront him at the apartment. Because at this point, I had already started keeping a bag that had a couple changes of clothes and my passport, my birth certificate at the office because I, I mean, I had read online, all those like that the most dangerous time for women is whenever they end up leaving Mm -hmm. because that's when everything can turn and you can, I mean, that's how, that's how people die in domestic abuse situations. So I wanted to make sure that I had the things I needed so that he couldn't hold me hostage. I, I got my dog. I left. I went to the gas station first and I texted him from there, just telling him, you know, this is over. I'm sorry, but I can't do this anymore. I just started crying at that point. And at that point, the first place I went after that was to the dog bakery in town because I bought my dog so many treats because of what I was thinking was this is the worst day of my life I do not want this to be the worst day of your life even though I mean she's a dog she, she can't tell what I'm talking to her but I, I hope that that day wasn't wasn't bad for her I love that on the worst day of your life you were thinking about how your dog was feeling I love her so much <laughs> I love no, they really are like your babies. It, I mean, they are. I, I like to think that if I do eventually have kids, there will be a difference. But right now, <laughs> close as it comes, right? Yeah, I don't have kids right now. So like, there's no difference for me. My dog is is my baby. She became like, I didn't have anybody else. All I had was my dogs because they were there with me. And I was the one who took care of them. So they were my babies. What made it even harder was we were still, our parents were still in that, that Christian bubble. So even though he had been going out drinking, I had been drinking at home, our parents parents didn't know that. He threatened that if I left, he was going to call my parents and tell them that I was an alcoholic, that I hadn't gone to church in months, and that I had tattoos. If you grow up in Christian circles, you know how big of a deal that is. Well, certain, yeah. certain circles, for sure. If, if it's very, circles, like, yes. legalistic and yes. very conservative, yes. Yes, our our particular brand was. had kind of isolated you from your family already. So was that a weapon that you felt like would just continue to damage that relationship or 
or talk to me about that dynamic since I know you were kind of estranged from your family at that point. Yes. So I, I would still go and like see them anytime that they came to town or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would just make up excuses to leave early or if we went down for Christmas, we would only stay for a day or whatever. Yes. I felt like if I'm leaving him, I got to go back to that life. And so if, if I leave him and he alienates my parents further from me, I will have nowhere to go. I will have to do everything by myself and have no support. It got to the point where I was willing to do that just to be free. It turns out that my parents were understanding. I called them that that first night that I left and I told them that I had drank alcohol, that I had two tattoos and that I had not gone to church in months and that I had left my ex, that I would probably be getting a divorce. And um, they cried, of course. I cried, of course. All I had with me was what I had taken in my little, in my little car. I'm so grateful that I was able to move in with my cousin. They had a spare bedroom. I I lived with them for a month while I was able to get my own apartment. I literally bought a mattress off of Amazon and slept on that mattress on the floor in my new apartment for like months. I know nobody tells you how much stuff you need just to furnish a place I negotiated with him to get some furniture. The day after I left him, like that day I ignored him. And then the the morning after he he told me that he was going to ruin my credit because of that credit card that he had that I was on. He was like, well, I have two credit cards, so I'm just not going to pay that one. And your credit's going to be ruined. So will mine, but yours is going to be ruined. Luckily, I was only a signer and I was not the opener of the account. So I just called and have myself removed. And I was like, yes. I'm just picturing you like scrolling out of Bank of America, like (laughs) screw you, Jason, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come for me, people. That wasn't his name, so you're safe. (laughs) He's going to love that. But I... Oh my goodness. Getting my own apartment. I felt so free. I I bought a pizza and I ate as much of that pizza as I wanted. I had the whole thing to myself for like the next good couple months after that. I would just, you know, stay up late singing country songs about how all men are trash. And, you know, how you do after a good breakup. <laughs> oh yeah. A little Taylor Swift, a little Carrie Underwood, some Miranda Lambert. Oh yeah. Oh, Miranda Lambert. I was getting in there. I was like, oh yeah. Whenever I was leaving him, I just, I was like, oh, this is just a t- terrible breakup. This is just a bad divorce. And then I started like learning more about emotional abuse and realizing like, especially at the beginning of our relationship, that's really textbook emotional abuse. It took me a long time to accept that because I was like, well, he never left bruises on me. You know, he left uh, emotional bruises on me. Things that I I'm still getting over. Like I, I still can't sleep in silence. I have to, I have to have the TV on or something. And I know what it's from. It's because it's one, it was the first night that he didn't come home. I just couldn't sleep because I was just laying there and I, he wasn't there. I just, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just turned on a podcast. And ever since then, I've, I've either had to listen to the TV, listen to podcasts, listen to white noise, something. I can't sleep in silence anymore. Things do get better. Oh, yay. I'm glad. Bring us, bring us on the up and up. <laughs> so on the up and up, I mean, we got divorced. So I, I convinced him to get a divorce without involving a attorneys. I paid for everything. I was like, I will pay 
to file this if I can just get rid of you. <laughs> like, I know you don't have any money, so <laughs> you can't afford to have a lawyer. I know your finances. You're probably still at a bar every night. And I certainly don't have any money because now I'm having to pay half of your apartment and my apartment because I broke our lease. So ended up getting it finalized that same year that I left him. You have to like wait a certain time period after you file. I didn't know how to do any of this. I literally like, I went to the courthouse and I like walked in and I was like, I don't know where to go. (laughs) I just like walked around until I found like somewhere that said like, and then I just asked the person at the counter and I was like, how do I file for divorce? No, like adulting is so embarrassing because it's like anytime you ask questions like that, like if you go to the DMV or you go to the post office and you're like, hey, I don't know how to do this seemingly basic thing. And they go, you've never got you've never filed for divorce before. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So he like gave me the sheet and he was like, here, go to this website, fill out the forms, bring them back. And so I was like, "Okay, thank you. And I went to the public library and like, because I didn't have a printer. I didn't have a computer. All I had was my phone. And so I went to the library and paid like five cents a page to print out all the divorce papers and fill them all out at the library. I'm assuming that's not the end of your healing journey. I mean, you just filed for divorce. You, you no. How long were you with him total? I was with him for seven years. Seven uh, years. We were married for almost six. Yeah. So what would you say like that life kind of looked like after? that? Like what kind of things were you grappling with? I, oh man, I'm still kind of dealing with the aftermath. Like it's been, I went through a period where I was like severely alcoholic. That was 2020, which 2020 also might've had part to do with that, but (laughs) I managed to kick that finally. Um, and just as difficult, if not more difficult than leaving him, learning how to deal with just having my own thoughts in my head was one of the most difficult things and having to rebuild my self-worth. I lucked out because I ended up meeting an amazing guy who is now my fiance. Um, I, I was about to say, I just saw the ring and I was like, in this hour <laughs> we've been talking, I was like, wait, is she engaged or does she just like never take off the ring from her eyes? <laughs> I am engaged. (laughs) Trust me, I got rid of that thing a long time ago, (laughs) which I also went to therapy. I went for a while and uh, I ended up quitting therapy because I went drunk one time. This was still when I was in the throes of my alcoholism. Okay. And she immediately called me out on it. She was like, are you drunk? I was like, I had a couple drinks. And she was like, leave. (laughs) We can talk about this next week, but I can't, you're not in a state where I can where we can have this therapy. And like, at that point, I was still so embarrassed about having an issue with alcoholism that I just, I went back one more time. And after that, I just ghosted her. Luckily it was the very beginning of COVID. So I was like, yeah, I can't come back. Uh, I, and my insurance doesn't cover online therapy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a therapist, but I just feel like kicking somebody out of your office when they're like in a bad place. Yes. That's the right thing to do, but I, it I didn't don't help. So things are better now. Um, I got an anxiety medication last year, which was a huge help. I I cannot even describe the change. Tell me about this new man. How did you meet him? Yes. So we actually met at my work. We had been working together even like before I broke up with my ex uh, in different departments, but we were both in the same like area. After I left my ex, I think it was that day, like everybody saw me upset. I should have called out of work, but instead I was just there crying at work and everybody saw and 
so he like brought me like a huge bag of my favorite candy, like a huge bag of Sour Patch Kids and just left them on my desk with no note, no nothing. And so I was like, where are these from? And then like my other coworker was like, they're from Jake. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. That's so hard and for me. He is so awkward and I love him to death. He's amazing. At the time, like after I, after I broke things off with my ex, I was like, I think that I'm just going to never get married again. I'm just going to adopt 10 dogs and live on a farm. That's, I straight up told that to my fiance's face. I was like, I don't think that I'm ever going to get married again. I think that I'm just going to go live on a farm with 10 dogs. But we we continued to hang out and um, slowly, just slowly, I say slowly, after a couple months, after my divorce was finalized, um, we actually went out and hung out with his friends and ended up playing strip poker with his friends. Spicy. I know he did not participate, but I did because I was like, I'm free. I'm doing whatever. And then on the way home, I was like wasted and he was like driving me home. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> he was like, you're just saying that. And I was like, no, I love you. <laughs> And this was like a month after we had started hanging out. I think it was that I was still so vulnerable and still looking for somebody to fill this hole that I had. It's not that he filled that hole for me. It's that he helped me realize that I could fill that hole myself. I I had a very strong list of boundaries whenever we started dating. I was like, you're never going to insult me. When you were talking about how you felt like you had to marry your ex-husband because of the religious beliefs that Mm -hmm. you grew up with, Talk to me about like what that was like jumping into this new relationship. Did you have any kind of lingering guilt? What was going on there? At the point that I left my ex, I kind of, I felt like that really wasn't the thing for me anymore. Like I had grown up in strict Christianity. All this time I had been praying for God to help our marriage, help me be the best wife that I could, help everything. And I just felt like my prayers were not answered. Hmm. And so I stepped away from that and I started kind of deconstructing those beliefs. And so now I call myself an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in some spiritual things. I mean, I'm, I'm open to the fact that anything could happen, but unless I have, you know, proof, I'm not really going to go back into it. My fiance is still a Christian. I'm fine with it. He's, he's one of those like Christmas Easter Christians. So <laughs> it's, it's not nearly as uh, how I grew up, which was Sunday morning, Sunday evening, when Wednesday night Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm more of like spirituality. I have a broom over my door. I might light a candle and like burn some paper that has some words on it of intention. Oh, she called myself a little now. witchy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You went to the other end of the spectrum. I did. My sister came with me, which was great. A couple years later. So I have somebody to talk to now about everything. Wait, talk yeah. to me about this. Like, how did you get into this? Is it, did you well, stumble upon like a woman with a cauldron? <laughs> <laughs> you would think so. But no, um, I just, because I lived so much online, I, I started like, oh, crystals are, are pretty. What do these crystals mean? And just finding coping mechanisms that allowed me to do things in a safe way and like funnel my spirituality into a way that didn't feel like it was a trap Mm. because of my experiences. I'm now kind of open to whatever, but at the time I was just like, this is wrong for me. I'm, I'm turning the complete opposite direction because this is what wronged me. This is what led me into 
for this. I blamed that partially. I kind of turned the other way and I just started like realizing that like I read my Bible a lot, which ended up helping me deconstruct because if you just read the actual words that are there, it's different than having somebody else explain it to you from the pulpit, you know? Well, yeah. I can, I can totally relate to that. I mean, as somebody who's still in the faith, like I've felt wronged so many times by it. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't gone so far as to going down the witch route, but I can totally yes. relate to feeling like, well, this is, this is like really hurt me on a deep personal level. And I'm trying to, you know, b- believe that everything happens for a reason that, and maybe there's something I'm trying to learn from it, but I totally mm-hmm. can empathize with feeling like you want to run from the thing that you felt like wronged you. You have totally left this relationship that has hurt you in ways I can't even imagine. What are some other things that you had to work through after that relationship ended? You're, I'm so happy to find that you're in a relationship now that's so much healthier for you. Oh, I wanted to ask you about advice you would give to women who are in relationships where they're experiencing domestic abuse. What's one thing that really helped you get through that time in your life? So there's a couple things that like looking back on it, I, I, I'm thinking of, but like just you're not alone. You are not alone. You are not the first person to go through this. Unfortunately, you will not be the last. If anybody's trying to use love against you to manipulate you to do things, that is not okay. Love is the most precious, most kind thing that I have experienced now. Having that turned against you in a way where you feel like you don't have another option. It's either you continue to have this love and you do the thing that you don't want to do, or you break off from that person and you no longer experience that love. I'm not going to say that that's not love because at the time that was all I knew of love. I would have completely defended my relationship to anybody. I don't know that there was a way for me to get out of it earlier without having learned what I've learned in the through all these years of pain. Just knowing that if a person is trying to use love against you and say, well, if you love me, you wouldn't do this. If you love me, you wouldn't do that. If you love me, you will do this. If that goes against your morals, that's not love. That person isn't genuinely in love with you because asking you to break your own morals, asking you to do things that you don't want to do, a person who truly loves you wouldn't ask you to do things that you don't want to do. Obviously, there's exceptions to that. People wanting to get you healing and everything, but generally, just try to find some sort of community. I credit a lot of my getting out to getting a Tumblr. <laughs> Don't tell me you were. <laughs> she was a Tumblr girl. Wait, so I was. So I, I made a Tumblr my, like that first year that I moved out of my house. It was just the logical next jump from Pinterest, which was the only thing I was allowed to have when I was living with my parents. But there were all these. And so I hopped on over there, got involved in like the fandom Tumblrs and just finding a community of people like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not alone. Just knowing that there were other people out there, it really helped me. And then I started following other people and just kind of branching out. And that's also kind of what helped me with my deconstruction of my religion was all these people who are like just posting these questions like why would this and this whenever this doesn't make sense mm-hmm. and just figuring out wait a second I can question things I don't have to just believe everything that I've been told yeah. that made a difference it's so important to ask questions so you know if you don't believe why you don't believe and if you do believe mm-hmm. why you do do you have any parting words or advice that you'd like to tell people who relate to your story are just flat out shocked by some of the things that you went through, what kind of things would you want to tell them? You think that this can't happen to you, but but it can. That's the scary part is 
a lot of people don't think that this can happen to them, but the way that it starts with the love bombing, with being so nice, by the time that the bait and switch happens where he starts insulting you, he starts, or not necessarily he, this can happen in any direction, but they start insulting you, they start tearing you down, they start isolating you from your family and friends. By the time that that has happened, you've already fallen so hard for them that you can't see it. If you're thinking like, that could never happen to me, it could, maybe it won't happen to you. You, but it, it could happen to somebody around you. If you start seeing somebody, you know, withdraw, maybe they're not coming around anymore. They start like acting a little bit different. They start being like, oh no, I got to get home. You know, um, you know, we have plans. Oh, I can't really go out. Oh, making excuses for the other person. There were so many times that I went to church with my family and just told my family that he wasn't feeling well, feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> And they were like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, if you, if the more that that person draws away from you, just make sure that you're not judging them for that and just kind of be there in case they need you. Because at least for me, eventually all the pieces fell and I had to make up all these relationships that I had just let fall on the wayside and just be like, I'm sorry, we haven't hung out in six years. Um, do you still want to be friends? Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I know somebody's going to hear this and hopefully get out of a bad situation or help somebody get out of a bad situation. So thank you for your vulnerability and your bravery and for sharing it so well. And I'm glad that you're in a better spot now. If this just helps at least one person, I know that it was worth it. Hey, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you liked it, we would love it if you left a five-star review. If there's a couple you want me to look into, or if you want to come on and tell your own breakup story, I've got the submission form in the episode description. Otherwise, I'll see you on Thursday for the mini episode. We're going to talk about love bombing and maybe some other fun stuff. Not that love bombing is fun, but you get the point. You can check out the trailer for next week's episode now, and I will see you whenever you decide to tune in next.